0: on this episode of aV week we look back at 2018 bringing you the best conversations and stories throughout the year all that and more next on AV week
1: the network for the AV industry what
2: are you listening to
1: this this is aV this. this 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 is aV nation. nation this is AV nation
0: this is is AV Week. Episode 383, the best of 2018.
3: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron.
0: This is AV Week, a very special AV Week. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. Thank you for joining us. This is a kind of our look back or our best of episode of the year. As we approach the new year, uh, it kind of helps to look back at some of the highlights of the AV industry through the stories that that we've covered here. Uh, In AV Week 351, I was joined by Corey Schaefer, Sean Robinson, and David Maldo talking about IKEA using digital projection to visualize rug sizes. Corey Schaefer starts off talking about how integrators can utilize AV solutions in creative and innovative ways.
2: Many people are visual, and when you're, when you're creating a layout of a room, I mean, to start with the rug, I mean, I, I just thought it was, I thought it was brilliant on a, num- on a number of factors. As a consumer myself, as I personally hate IKEA, I hate to be told how to walk through a store, you know, and so on. Uh, but, but also what, I, uh, what this does is we look at what's happening in the retail space where it becomes more and more challenging to get customers into retail this is yet another draw because you can't get this on online shopping right so there uh, it, it it gets so so as i looked at it it was a way to get consumers back into that retail space and in a way that uh, others probably have not thought of so for our for our channel partners to be able to go in and talk about the value of av i mean this is this is really brilliant in a space that is in a, in a phase right now where they're reinventing and trying to draw people. And we've seen this, cra- this um, change in retail where we're, we're less about going in and buying something and taking it home, but rather having that experience of what it's like. You know, I remember when I first walked into an Apple store to buy a, I think it was a watch, and uh, I could order it in the store, but I couldn't leave with it thought it was absolutely ridiculous, right? And so, uh, we, we've seen retail uh, as a struggle against online, online consumers and shoppers. Um, you know, how do we get more people in the space? And that's what this, is, that's what this said to me. Is it, they're, being able, they're able to accomplish something that just can't be done online. I think it's great.
0: Our next segment comes to us from AV Week 355 as part of our coverage of Infocom 2018 in Las Vegas. While there, we talked to a host of people including Dawn Mead, George Tucker, and Josh Schrago about their experiences at Infocom 2018. Dawn Mead starts off talking about her first year being an end user at Infocom 2018.
3: Yeah, um, I sat with uh, several of these folks, including Bill, on the end user panel for IMCA yesterday, and it was a fairly large room for that luncheon, and it was pretty darn full for most of the thing until we just sort of took over the show and kept talking, and then it sort of thinned out. But... Um, just people I've talked to and interacted with at the hotel, on the shuttle buses, at the parties, and on the show floor, there are a lot of end users. University staff, uh, people like me that work for large corporations, people like the, me that work for large corporations, that work for other customers. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of us, apparently.
0: Uh, I wanna to touch on something, because Bradford's experience, I wanna see if it was similar to yours, his experience was because he had a green tag and here at Infocom 2018 this year, if you had a green stripe on your tag indicated you at you were as an end user. When he walked up to people in, in their booths, they would not talk to him technically, right? You have that and not for nothing, you were a female. The the AV industry has a is a bad history of, of not taking female technical technical prowess seriously. So did you experience you know, anything where, where somebody wouldn't necessarily take your, your technical prowess seriously?
3: Actually, I didn't, but I think I'm kind of a rare case. Okay. Because as you know, and as people that have seen me walking around the show know, I've got four badges. <laughs> yes. So I've got an exhibitor badge, I've got a press badge, I've got an end user badge, which I am now, and I've got my um, speaker badge. Okay. And I put them on a ring so that I could just flip when I get to the booth which one I want them to scan, usually my end user badge but because I've got all these badges, because it, they see that I'm a speaker, because I have my, you know, hashtag AV loincloth worth of ribbons with credentials and things, you know, I sort of come into the booth commanding enough that, hey, I know what I'm talking about, here's why, now let's talk about the technical stuff. Okay. And, and also, as I said at the women's breakfast to some of the folks at my table, of all of the STEM fields, despite our history, I maintain that AV is one of the most female-friendly and female welcoming of the STEM fields. I have friends that are data scientists, computer scientists, lab coat wearing scientists. Yeah. All of them have horror stories that I just am amazed at because the AV industry as a rule has been very welcoming to me as a woman, especially once I prove that I know my stuff, which is why I encourage young females in our industry to take classes, get certified, yeah. and know their stuff. So I didn't really have that experience, but I had a whole lot of things that indicated I wasn't your average bear.
0: Okay. So. Our next segment comes to us from AV Week 355. Harry Mead, Tracy Brevka, and Alex Simonesco talks about LG's OLED Canyon installation at CES 2018. Alan Simonesco from Float Four starts off talking about the possibilities for these installations in commercial uses.
4: When I saw that picture earlier this week, I was like, that is awesome. The fact that we can actually create these shapes uh, and contours with uh, OLED at this scale, I think is very interesting. We would have probably gone with uh, an LED product prior to that. but now that it's scalable, I mean, I, I saw the installation at uh, in, uh, in Seoul at the airport where they had a bunch of these uh, on the ceiling, and that was a pretty large installation in itself. But seeing, you know, we work with a lot of architects. We work in built environments, and um, we're more on the uh, form uh, aspect of it rather than uh, function. So it's really about, you know, what it evokes and the, the emotions that it solicits. But I totally get the fact, you know, that there's uh, an imperative Uh, For functionality and some of that applications as well when I see this I'm really excited because of the things that we could do with digital media in a built environment and how uh, It doesn't look like a screen that's onto a wall where it looks like it's a material in the space and the more I see uh, These types of innovations that are happening the more excited I get because I see this continual uh, Evolution where we'll just be able to make it more and more embedded into built environment Um, and you see at this scale I mean who knows, you know, Salesforce might say this is our lobby in, uh, you know, in five years or something like that. Um, so I think that is awesome. I think it also brings a lot of challenges, um, but, you know, challenges are what uh, nurtures evolution. Um, so content production on a scale of this size is completely different than what we're used to with, you know, the vast majority of digital media platforms uh, or displays that are still uh, that are in 69. And that's, there's a, there's a necessity to have you know, uh, uh, an established format. But as we use digital media as a material into the space, uh, that's where these challenges come up: is how do you create content for something that large? You know, how do you frame it? Because you, know, you can't see the whole thing at once, right? Uh, all the play, uh, and all the systems that do the playback and then interactivity, which is really one of our specialties as well, is how do you generate real-time content at that pixel frame? It's like two hundred ninety-four uh, panels. Is that it? And yeah. they're prob- They're are they're not 4K, right? They're uh, full HD, I guess. Even, I mean, regardless of whether they're 4K or full HD, that's a lot of pixels to push. It,
0: right? it is, it is. And actually, I, I want to, uh, real quickly, to, to uh, on Alex mentioned the, the Salesforce lobby. We'll put a link in, in on the show page. That lobby itself is, is an art, piece of art, right? Um, this is the one where if you haven't seen it, again, we'll put a link on the page. Um, it mimics um, the weather outside, so if it's if it's raining the 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 entire it's not quite four to ceiling but it's a it's a twenty foot or twenty five foot um lobby and about two thirds of the way down is is are these displays, and the water over uh kind of cascades over the doorways and it's it it, it it's quite well done <laughs> yeah um so i can actually- absolutely see this being replaced as long as nothing Else pops up in the next in the next four or five years. I mean, it, it is technology, um, and I, I don't expect the OLED this this canyon to be static. I don't I don't expect this to be the last word on it. Um, Tracy, real, real quick question, and, and you can talk about this if you'd like, but really overarching, well, what does CES mean for the the commercial audio video industry? I mean, we, this is one example. But it, it's people who go to Infocom really don't have the, the right. breadth or the scope of that show.
5: Well, I, I, I think it brings technology in a little bit more. I mean, CES, I, I, in my last life with Audio-Technica, I went to CES a lot. And you always saw what was going to happen two years from now pretty much at that show. And then it would bleed into the other markets. Um, when I, I investigate a little more about OLED because I really don't. That's not what I do. I do microphones and, you know, it sounds good. Um, But the uses I can see with this type of of screen, um, Broadway productions, um, live shows, people who, you know, have a a larger imagination and can put it like a production company who wants to put this huge set on, but they couldn't do it with the LED screens because they're too damn heavy. So it gives it a little bit more flexibility to these people who want to be a little more creative in what they're doing. I can see there's, there's going to be commercial use for this, but not, not in a corporate situation. It, there's going to be use on a Broadway stage. There's going to be use on um, a, a tour, uh, you know, a rock and roll tour. Uh, you know, they're doing all these, uh, like they're doing, they're playing orchestrations to Star Wars behind an orchestra. Yep. You know, something like that. Um, I can see what an application for these things to be stupendous and it would look great.
0: Our final segment comes to us with a a bit of a twist. Back in April, uh, we had the chance to check out Samsung's new Onyx cinema screen that debuted in LA. While I was out there covering that George Tucker took the helm for AV week episode 347, along with Dawn Mead, Victoria Ferrari, and Mike Tomei talking about Dante supporting AE 567. Victoria Ferrari starts off talking about how standardized audio is vital to a cohesive AV experience.
1: Um, Audio is important, you know. Um, it's it really is. It's something that you know the average person doesn't understand, but um, it affects them in a way that they don't even realize. You know, um, I think that audio a lot of times, you know, even me, I I'm learning more and and becoming more of an audiophile because my husband is a live sound engineer, and as he's upgrading our living room. You know he's um he's doing all these things like changing the acoustics in the room and you know he puts like pink noise through the speakers and he like adjusts the levels of the bass and we i mean it's and then we go from watching a movie you know on our old system to now watching it on our new system and it's almost like the video looks better with better audio it's like that you know it's it's crazy how people don't realize the difference between good and really good in audio and i think that um you know having standards like don said you know the it industry's been doing it it's the way of the world and you know it you know when you it, when you think about like our video connections right how many different connections do we have hdmi display port you know mini display port and you know coax and I mean, all of the old analog signals, so many different ways to transport video. But in the IT world, it's one cable, it's one connection, it's RJ45. And, you know, we've got to get on that, on that bus because, you know, it's the way the world's going.
0: Well, that is our best of for 2018. Personally, I want to thank, say thank you uh, for continuing to watch, listen, read, uh, follow along as we all go through this this crazy experience of the audiovisual industry. Uh, If you wanna follow me, you can. My uh, name is Tim Albright. It is td Tim David Albright on the Twitters. Uh, More importantly, go by our website, uh, avnation.tv. avnation.tv, you'll find this program, you'll find our other weekly program called ResiWeek, a number of really great monthly programs that kind of dive deeper into the AV industry. Uh, State of control looks at control and automation. AV social looks at social and marketing. Uh, all that and more at aviation.tv. also while you're there check out our supporter section these are the po- folks who help us financially help us bring you av week resi week and everything else that we do and in about a month or so's time will help them will help us bring you isc integrated systems europe 2019 so all that and more at AviNation.tv, Aviation.tv. thank you so much for listening thanks so much for watching that is all the time we have for av week